Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hiya, Pete. It's time, Matt. Embrace the change. <laughs> we are back tonight, uh, podcasting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 111, The Magical Place, and this is brought to us by the people at Roomba. <laughs> and uh, so, Matt... What have we been uh, up to uh, during our break here? Well, you know, Pete, we had definitely a, a very – well, it was a well-earned rest during the break, but uh, nobody cares about us sitting back and <laughs> relaxing on the uh, on the podcast and on the Fantastic Geek end. You know, Pete, you know, for, for a while now, we've been uh, you know, letting people know if you want to help support the podcast, there's the uh, – there's the PayPal links to, to you know, throw a, a dollar or more our way. And, uh, you know, we've debated, well, is anybody going to do anything with it? And we've we've both been touched by how by how some people definitely have reached out uh, to help us. And we're so, not sitting back buying our Cuban cigars or whatever. Yeah. Uh, over over the break, we uh, bought FantasticGeek.com. So that can now be your uh your your i don't know central location for all the things that we do there are links there to the agents of shield podcast uh on fantasticgeek.com you also see some of the posts that we do for our pop culture podcast which is a periodic thing some links to uh past projects like looking back at lost uh we both have some some uh writing things that we've done pop culture articles that we've done on uh, the fantastic geek homepage there so hopefully it's uh you know it's a place that people can be checking out a few times a week for uh you know for the latest goings on of things geeky pete absolutely so let's dive right in there's a lot to dissect in tonight's debrief thing i dug the heck out of right off the bat is that we have a colson team dropped right into a mission to recover some uh chitauri scrap metal it it worked I mean, obviously, you know, spoiler alert, not that we need to put that up. Obviously, Coulson has returned to them at the end of the episode. And I think that that was the right thing to do for the episode and for the series. But I would not have, I wouldn't have had a problem if they wanted to extend the Coulsonless team. Uh, again, how do you do it considering we love Coulson the most? I, I, I'm not saying that it would have been the best choice overall, but the team without Coulson is something that definitely worked. It was an enjoyable uh, side adventure, uh, an, an enjoyable side story, and uh, it definitely worked. It shows that that these people can kind of be put in different combinations and the characters can still shine through in uh, new and exciting ways. You know, I used... Fitz's line from early in the show there as the introduction, you know, embrace the change. And I'm glad that they went with it. They moved forward, but at the same time, they know Coulson is the star of the show. He needs to be at the end of this episode reunited with the team. We can't let that linger on. We can sow the seeds of discontent or mistrust with S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever. And I think it's more effective having him back in the fold than having be separated. I was fearful this was going to lead to some kind of sojourn away from Shield for him, and I think it's more effective dramatically for him to remain with the group, yet to be questioning even more now uh, with the reveals that we got that we'll get to a little bit later in level seven. By the way, Pete, I think it's working, and this is totally, totally unscripted here. And, and truthfully, listeners, this is unscripted. Pete, I just want to acknowledge here that. Uh, 
here you are, you're you're doing the podcast a little under the weather. Here we are under some sort I of the uh, over break, but anyway. <laughs> uh you know, here we are with some sort of power advisory in New Jersey as we record. So uh certainly glad that we're able to to get this in tonight, especially with you a little under the weather. You know, I know that uh Director Fury pulled all sorts of strings in, in order for you to get better and to be back here today, but um if nothing else, I just wanted to explain that because I know occasionally we have listeners that take umbrage to things like slow internet or imperfections in this free podcast. So it's I just wanted to say thanks, Pete. I keep saying that. <laughs> um, you know, so we capture uh, Mr. Von Chap in our uh, our tease there, and and we have linked now that Centipede is using Chitari technology to advance whatever ambitions they would have uh come to find out a little later not only do they want super soldiers they want uh resurrectable super soldiers um which reina uh clues us in on um von chop is is brought to the uh the fridge which was a previously referenced uh shield facility uh, Matt, I believe you had a beat on that. What, what do we have at the fridge previously? At the fridge previously was some of that gravitonium, tonium rather. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's uh, left interred at the fridge at the end of that episode. So it is indeed a, uh, a, a repeat performance, if you will. And listen, it, it's so vital. Um, you know, can you watch these shows on their own and enjoy them for what they are? Absolutely. But it just enhances the experience so much to partake of the social media. And the hashtag that's been floating out there is it's all connected. I think it's all connected. I think uh, Dr. Franklin, who's been uh, sucked into the uh, Gravitonium and this clairvoyant stuff and Raina, I think it's all connected. I think it's all one big situation. We can get to a little bit more of that later on and speculate. Um, Sky gets kicked off the bus in this episode and uh, it's engineered by Melinda May and I think we have some theories to flesh out later about her and Sky that uh, were heavily referenced um, but that she uh, is booted off the bus and she pretends to be Agent May I thought it was highly effective I continue to uh, you know, promote Sky as a character. She's she's coming along. I, I know in the past Matt has chafed a little bit under that. Uh, but I think she continues to develop here and uh you know uh copying uh May as best she could here, right down to the security guard uh flip maneuver was highly effective tonight. Well, as I said, and, and I did say it uh, on Twitter a bit tongue-in-cheek because I'm not totally sold on the theory, in fact, anything but, but I did say, uh, like Mother May, you know, so goes Sky. But, Pete, I would like to make an announcement about Sky. I'd like to make the announcement right here on the podcast. I'm officially changing Sky's Star Trek designation from Wesley Crusher to Julian Bashir. That is to say, a character who has major annoyance issues to a character that you look back, possibly as you did with Dr. Bashir, and say, oh, I get it. I get why that character was so annoying in the beginning. They were doing a story arc, and we didn't understand immediately because we were at the beginning of that arc. So it's officially, uh, I'm backing off on some of the Sky hate uh, because in this episode, 
from the word go, she was showing herself to be valuable. It was an effective scene where she stands up to hand. We see that the team genuinely roots for her, which not that they've been cold or cruel to her in previous episodes, but to me, just kind of the characters that I like more than Sky for them to be validating her to me, the audience. Um, I, I just found particularly effective. I mean, I, frankly, Pete, I just think that we, you and I, can just take uh, take credit solely for pointing out some of these concerns. I mean, clearly, <laughs> clearly, the, the the writers and producers, you know, uh, await the, these podcast episodes and then say, "Oh, well, how can we make Matt and Pete happy?" But um, joking aside. Sky definitely got an upgrade big time. Um, you know, it's the evolution of a show. We've had 10 episodes where some things didn't work. Some things have gone by the wayside already. And I think that as they looked to their second half of the season, they said, time to kind of give Sky a seat at the, you know, the, the smallest seat at the big kid table. Uh, and it worked. Well, the, the thing that struck me tonight of watching this, both in the pacing and in the execution, um, and, and the episode that flipped through my mind, I think the pilot was exceptionally well made, but that second episode where they were in Peru and, and some of the stuff going on there, uh, you know, this seemed a light year away from that. They have coalesced in a way I think we, we really hoped for early on. And, um, you know, Sky could really be the only one to find Colson there. And I'm glad they, they did that. Um, you know, we, we know we have further reveals to get to and everything there, but, but, you know, Sky was a key part of this episode, both in the arc with her, you know, getting, uh, booted off the bus that she's triggering a lockdown, you know, in the cyber coffee lounge. And then she's got to steal a car and, and get towed back to, uh, you know, a residence so she can make contact with this Lloyd guy. Um, and then that she could basically uh, con her way into getting con! yes, getting vital information here uh, that's ultimately going to be used to get Coulson back and to find where Reina and Centipede and you know the the clairvoyant are are keeping uh, Coulson. You know they they couldn't have done it without her. Well, Pete, I don't mean to to get off on a tangent here, but it's something I just have to share because I'm sure some of our listeners were in the same boat. The guy that played, um, what was his name? Techity Tech Guy, Super Rich? Lloyd. Lloyd. The guy that played Lloyd. Lloyd. And I, I don't know if everybody... Rothman, I believe his name was, the uh, character. What's that? Lloyd Rothman, I believe. Lloyd, Lloyd Rothman. Yeah. Um, I don't know if everybody used to get Fandang... Well, I won't say the name. If everybody used to get popular internet order your movie tickets online service uh, commercials at your movie theater about 10 years ago. But that guy was in a, was in um, a spate of them where he played inconsiderate cell phone guy who okay. was on his phone while at the movies. And the, the, the memorable line was, mauled by a tiger. So as soon as he showed up, it was like, it's mauled by a tiger guy. There you go. And I feel bad he can't escape that 10 years later, <laughs> at least for me. There you go. Well, like May, uh, like Ward did of, of uh, May, I, I don't think you should assume the worst of him there. Um, but he's, he's a necessary uh, piece so that we can find the money trail. And, uh, you know, while the, while the bus is 
down in Sydney trying to find people. You know, our team needs to find Colson and trace him to this uh, nuke facility, uh, nuke test facility in the Mojave Desert. Um, the the mannequins, I think, is going to be a uh, a motif we will revisit a little later on. But they were key. You know, from the the first one we saw in the room where Colson was, that if you notice had a had a, a suit and tie on. I think that was intentional. Yeah. And then we saw a female one in the room where he was uh, chained up. I think that was entirely intentional. Um, you know, uh, some some interesting choices there. Um, you know, the the Fitzsimmons tech that allowed uh, Ward to uh, ride the bull for eight seconds there and to take out the uh, the centipede soldier that we're seeing increasingly as uh, red-shirted bad guys now <laughs> that they want to be able to resurrect, which would be a, an interesting uh, concept. And then, you know, it, it was reveal after reveal in the final, you know, quarter of this episode, the, the Coulson stuff and all right, he wasn't in Tahiti. That was an implanted memory. I, I think the show had already shown its hand at that. Um, you know, that the Cabana boy is actually, you know, the doctor from Firefly. Uh, you know, he didn't want this, that Coulson wanted to die. And this ultimate reveal that, you know, Coulson was dead not for eight seconds or 40 seconds. He was dead for days. And that uh, Director Fury had moved heaven and earth, and I think that's an intentional phrase, to resurrect Coulson. Um, so while we did not get what is he, how is he, um, you know, the, the thing, I'll, I'll tease it now, you know, it's not just his heart, it's his head that's been, uh, been tampered with. Yeah, I know. I know a couple people on Twitter have been a little, um, a little upset with. I think what I will call, I will put words in their mouth and say the lack of resolution offered by this episode. Look, whether it's Lost, whether it's you know uh, Dallas, whatever show you want to go to at whatever uh, at whatever, whether it's I Love Lucy, when you have a problem that's driving a show, you're not gonna. It's not going to be the end all and be all the first time they address it. You know, the first time Lucy wants to get some crazy job, you know, she fights Ricky about it and then she goes and gets it and makes a whole mess of it. That doesn't mean she never goes out for another job again. Um, Dallas, you know, you find out who shot JR. That doesn't mean you never have any mysteries again. Lost, just because you bust open the, the hatch door doesn't mean now they're going to open it and say, oh, here's our answer. All of these, of course, they're going to lead to further mysteries or further problems. Not that I Love Lucy was a, was a mystery per se, but I have no problem them saying, all right, we gave you the answer. What happened to Coulson? We can say it. It's not even a level seven thing. We can say definitively. Coulson died. He was dead for a while. Uh, great technology and medical knowledge. Perhaps other things, heaven and earth, you know, but but the, the basis of his return was was dangerous experimental uh, technology and and medical know-how used, and now he's back. You know, is there more to it? Yeah, there's a lot more to it, but you have the answer to the question started in, in Avengers. 
how could this happen to Colson or what happened to Colson? Now we know. Um, I'm okay with that. Too early in a season, I think, to answer that completely. It's too early to to answer it completely. You're saying yes. Okay, yeah, I would totally agree. I would totally totally agree. Um, we've gotten an answer to the first question. Now there's a new question. Well, then what happened? What is it that exactly went on? Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. I really am. So that, Pete, what is next on our list? Let's move it on in here to the dossier. A lot of names tonight, and some of them move forward, some of them don't. We start with Van Chap, and uh, he's the one that is uh, found early on in possession of the uh, the Chitari technology, and he leads them, of course, uh, to uh, some of the uh, trail they want to pursue as far as finding Coulson. Um we have Poe, who is returned and now is no more after he was dispatched by the clairvoyant over the phone with what seemed to have been the same device that uh, Obadiah Stane once used on uh, Tony Stark. was a pickup by a lot of people on, on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, we had the uh, Lloyd Rathman character, who really not so much as a bad guy, as, as just a pawn more than anything else. But they were playing him as a heavy. Uh, I'm for- just glad he didn't get mauled by a tiger, personally. I, hey, you know, it is what it is. Okay. <laughs> and, and ultimately, you know, Raina, who is reined in by the end of this episode, you know, uh, she's the bad guy. But that clairvoyant is still out there. I was really leading for a time that maybe Poe, it was a third person type of thing. You, you know, he's the clairvoyant, but he's talking for the clairvoyant. Uh, yes. I thought they might have been playing that technique a little bit. Um, I love the uh, pushing aside of Poe. And then, you know, they just explained it away really quick. Well, he was... Uh, he was a bad person. He was incapable of remorse, and and that's it. He's out of the picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, we had we had quite the spate of baddies. I think to a on a certain level of the dossier for our purposes for the podcast. I mean, you could also include uh, Agent Hand to a certain degree. Not that she's that, a baddie, but she's not Team Coulson. She's not Team Agents of Shield, the TV series, if you will. Listen, she speaks the there's a line in tonight's episode that you know while it doesn't fit in any of the cutesy things we might say on the podcast it's the line that needs to be uttered in that episode to understand the importance of the episode and she says no agent is that important no we know one agent is that important it's the agent that we watch this show for it's the agent that this show is essentially about until it's about if it's ever about somebody else so um for her to say that yes she's not team colson she might be part of shield uh we know we're building towards captain america we're less than you know, three months out on, on Captain America, the, the Winter Soldier at this point now. And, you know, there's there's a schism coming within S.H.I.E.L.D. There already is. Yeah, you're right. Just thinking ahead to some of the, the stuff that has been previewed for Captain America. Uh, it, I mean, we have a good we have a good spring ahead of us for for Marvel stuff, because this show really is picking up 
to what degree is agent is uh is uh captain america tied into it um infinitely let's hope infinitely you know the listen that that fury got as name checked as he did tonight apart from making a show making a uh appearance uh at the end of episode two of the series proper um you know and again production schedules being what they are captain america you know while they're not locked in yet uh you know the april 4th release date you know they're they're getting close to finishing that movie up and you know the the thing the hallmark of the marvel cinematic universe to this point has been matt your word synergy absolutely i mean i'm even wondering now that now that colson's coming out of the shadows a bit you know i mean i'm wondering just what do we see of colson what do we see of some of these other people in in uh in captain america and if not captain america then uh what's i'm trying to think what's after uh guardians of the galaxy do we have something lined up yet the avengers 2 yeah so i mean of 2015 and then we have ant-man so it's doing the doing the math here okay well then i mean all the more reason where we have lots of synergistic opportunities ahead uh well shield's gonna be front and center obviously in captain america and remember you know of all the superheroes of all the movies we've had so far, that's Coulson's guy that has been firmly established. So it's, it's working perfectly as far as the timing is concerned here. Um, you know, will Coulson be in Avengers too? I'm sure there's a plan someplace. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that goes. You know, I, I don't think it's an if, and I'd be very interested again to see, you know, where our ratings are. We, we we're coming off. Well, Pete, what we're coming off is the ratings for the bridge, uh, the last episode in December, which were not good at all. A 2.1 rating, uh, 6.1 million viewers live, uh, a total. Once you do DVR and all that of uh, 9.1 million viewers total, that is across the board. Uh, the lowest rating, the lowest live viewership, and the lowest uh, total viewership that the show has experienced in these United States. So let's hope for better things for this week. You know, I, I think that goes without saying. Absolutely. I think that, you know, you're, you're getting into early December there. It's hard to believe it was a month, uh, nearly a month yeah. that were you know without an episode but getting into that that's a tough time of year as far as ratings are concerned and it's not to be apologistic uh for the ratings they are what they are um but you know i I don't think it's a question of of if i think it's a question of when on the renewal for this show and obviously we're going to keep an eye on that uh as we continue here being halfway through the season with the 11th episode tonight as we are but it's all connected. And, you know, if it's not the plot lines we were talking about within this show before, it's the things going on in the Marvel Universe that are all connected. That's why I think it's really hard to imagine that this show doesn't come back next fall. Well, I'll just remind everybody uh, that just because we don't hear about renewal before the season finale or around the season finale, that's normal. That's normal for... NCIS that's normal for a show somewhere in the middle like uh oh I don't know two broke girls that's normal for 
and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's on the lower end of the ratings. They really don't make their decisions, or at least they don't announce their decisions until May. Um, the only major exception to that that I'm aware of is Survivor, and that's because they need to announce early in order to cast people on tape over the summer and all that. So it's not a bad sign that we're not going to hear about about an early renewal because those are extremely, extremely rare. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, we'll, we'll just wait until... Usually it's somewhere in the neighborhood of May 10th when networks are doing their presentations to advertisers in New York when the schedule is actually announced. Uh, so we'll we'll know then it'll it'll be, you know, we'll, we'll be on thin ice. But don't feel bad that it's April and we haven't heard anything. Uh, we're not going to hear anything about most shows until until May. Definitely. You know, just a couple more items as far as our dossier is concerned tonight. So now with Raina in hand. No, no, no flower dresses where she's going. Okay. Um, Just black and white stripes of the old, the old felon outfit. Exactly. I'm thinking a nice orange, maybe, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we'll see her again, obviously. And, and we've got to get to the bottom of who is this clairvoyant and, and where that's tied in and, and where that's going. Um, there was a mention, though, Raina made of another subject, which was never glimpsed in this episode. So I think Matt, that's a perfect point to get into level seven here and start to uh, analyze that. What's up with the other subject? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we've, we've certainly been left with, um, with a lot of mysteries. I mean, if there's another subject now, Pete, correct me if I'm wrong, it was in the context of there's another subject in you know, the implication was the next room under this roof in the certainly in in nuclear town. Right. It's funny for as much as Raina participated in this episode, she didn't show up until 25 minutes in. And she had been dealing. She had been tending to the other subject. So when Poe, you know, yeah. handed over and, and then he's dispatched um, this idea that she had been dealing with somebody else was. Well, I, I mean, the other subject. I think I think we are meant to assume that it was Peterson, and that's probably just a good uh, conclusion to reach across the board. And I certainly was happy to see him back. That said, if Not our agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came and secured the crime scene and brought out their yellow tape and got Colson out of there and dusted for fingerprints and did all that stuff, surely they went to, like, the locked the locked house two houses over that had a whole bunch of power lines connected to it and knocked on the door and said, Hey, is anybody in there? Like, and if that's, if that's a loop in the story, let it be a loop in the story. Um, if so, it's an example of just lazy writing where they want to give you a hint at the sake of not thinking it through, but that's the only conclusion I can reach. Well, the minute that you have uh, Colson saying you murdered Mike Peterson, you know, you know from the misdirection that he's not dead. Right. Get him in the secret scene here, albeit not all of them. He's missing, you know, his right leg below the knee. Um, and now he's got the eye spy device going there. And, you know, that's potentially a, a fate worse than death and that that's going to make you do horrible things. And we already know that Colson. Uh, potentially has a beef with him in the way that he flip-flopped so he could try to get the kid back. You know, there's this, there's this interesting tension that the show uh, operates in 
which is they want to be uh, an integral part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they also can't be an integral part in that you're not gonna. It's not gonna be like. And this week, Coulson gets rescued. And next week, Captain America fights a whole bunch of people. Like, there's kind of this interesting netherworld. And I'm just thinking, again, knowing nothing spoilery about uh, Captain America 2, I'm wondering if, you know, wouldn't it be great to be sitting in the theater in Captain America 2 and going, oh, my goodness, the I Spy people, this is, you know, the Winter Soldier, or this is the the bad guy behind the Winter Soldier, or something like that. Uh, given that, you know, essentially on April 5th, we will be done in the um, the terrestrial Marvel Cinematic Universe for 13 months, uh, you know, in large part. I'm sure there's going to be some Earth stuff in Guardians of the Galaxy, but like that kind of the, the, the Avengers storyline that we've been working on since Iron Man 1 w- will be absent. So like this is their last chance to really do something, here comes the word again, synergistic and to really... Uh, I don't know, well, to be synergistic, to really have that back and forth between the movies and, and the TV show, it would be neat if that's kind of where we're headed and we didn't know it because, you know, Captain America is being made on some sort of cone of silence. Uh, but I guess we'll see. I, I think it meshes very well. And that's where, again, you know, you can partake of the show and the movies. You can partake in, in one or the other. You don't have to do both. Yeah. But- they just seem to be moving in step so well. And, you know, I, I don't think I can come up with higher praise than that. Talking about Peterson and, you know, the boy losing a father. Uh, this was floated for the first time that I've heard it. Colson lost his father at a young age. And then we're told that he also lost his mother recently. Couple that with the lost love of the cellists and, you know, we see even more why this family unit is so vital for Coulson. The stuff with the the mention of the cellist was just fantastic. I mean, Clark Gregg took the character, took the show on his shoulders and just went with it. It was just tremendous, tremendous acting out of him, aided by, you know, your standard TV stuff, the setting, the wonderful you know, makeup over his eyes. You can't see the his right eye as well and kind of the stubble that he has and whatnot. But he, at the end of the day, that was just about his acting. And I hope we do something with the cellist. I really do. I mean, I think they're, I don't know. It would be nice to see her. It'd be nice to have some sort of wow moment of, you know, not somebody that we've seen already in the movies, but just like, oh, wow, they went out and got blank, you know, uh, a name actress to, to recur four times a year as the cellist um it it could be a really really nice touch where when you go back and watch avengers and hear about the cellist and when there's the reference uh in in some of these episodes you know can resonate more uh upon you know the vaunted review the rewatch well you know when we're watching you know episode 18 this season entitled the cellist you know when when that comes around and you've got somebody for a two episode guest shot that will recognize you know, will have, uh, you know, obviously uh, been on top of that. Um, you know, love that they went there. Um, and uh, again, you know, we heard this at New York Comic Con when Jeff Loeb told us, you know, with, with a Whedon joint, you're going to mine everything that you can right down to the bottom of the mine. And they're going there with that. And, and that's where, you know, 
there, there's no waste. Uh, everything is intentional. And, uh, you know, that's a good place to have a freshman drama, as far as I'm concerned. Um, talking about no waste and referencing this before. So we're at a nuclear test facility and there are mannequins everywhere. The first time we see it, obviously we lack the context. Why is there a mannequin that is dressed very similarly to Coulson in the black suit with a tie in a room where he is being interrogated? Uh, Will the mannequin wake up? Will it be played by Kim Cattrall? You know, who knows? Um, the, 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 will, will the cellist be played by Kim Cattrall? Ooh. I'm going to, I'm going to float that one out there right now. Uh, well, I have a theory on that, but I I don't want to interrupt your, your, your mannequin business. Lead us your, uh, your cellist picks. Ooh. Who should play the cellist? Hashtag the cellist. Anyway. Um, so the father was mentioned specifically in that scene. Colson's father, who died at a young age, was mentioned specifically in that scene where the mannequin-like Colson is. Then later we have uh, Colson put back in the room where he's being held with the handcuffs. And again, we still don't know this is a nuclear test facility, but there's another mannequin and this one made up to look like the stereotypical 50s mom. The hair and the, and the curls and uh, you know the apron and everything there. Um, the the mannequin theme I think is big in light of what Colson has been through. We know he was dead for a longer period of time than we even uh, considered at this point. And you know to get that reveal to see you know Tahiti dissolve into a high tech operating room. And, you know, Matt, we got a little bit of your uh, your Avengers footage there that we've been talking about showing up, going into the body bag. It was a good shot from, from inside the clear body bag with the zipper. Oh, yeah. Uh, got a little bit of an otherworldly Thor-esque vibe of the uh, going toward or away from the light. Okay, again, highly intentional. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's where you're supposed to hang a whole bunch of theories of something i mean the fact that it looked to be thor footage it might have even have been from from thor i mean that's where you're supposed to well i think it's asgardian tech i really don't think we can have any other uh you know conclusion at this point you know there's there's no reference of of robots being in the world that we're living in and there's been no reference to this point that shield has a robotic division that looked otherworldly that looked alien you know what pete Uh, that would be a hell of a season finale to bring in hemsworth for maybe not not just a secret scene to bring him in thor not for (laughs) but to to bring him in for a couple of scenes to just you know wrap it all up and and do the big explaining thing and whatnot i mean that would be that would be a well-earned um a well-earned reveal well-earned use of the marvel cameo the secret scene splash etc and and you know it would work perfectly after captain america in that while captain america is colson's boy thor has the connection with the son of cole yeah they have that bond uh you know he was the superhero of, of all these guys in the movies you know and while he was with iron man first you know 
there there's an affinity that 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 superhero i mean they all have an affinity for colson he's a likable guy and, and really you know while fury brought the team together colson was the point man in bringing the the team together um and and that's why he's used as the touchstone to to push them over the edge we know that that fury again is a manipulator and and what went on in order to give the avengers the the nudge to go you know, take care of Loki in the Battle of New York. But, you know, that affinity that Thor has for Coulson, that was, you know, that, that was a special thing about that movie. And, uh, you know, done again in Avengers. And, you know, may, maybe that's where we're heading, you know, after Captain America and, and just a little nudge there with with uh, Thor to get Chris Hemsworth uh, in there towards the end of the season and, and to get at what was going on with that robot. You know, I, I don't think we expected the brain and, you know, oh. it was shocking and, you know, the hush fell over Twitter as, as you put out there, um, you know, what's going on, what's happening. We expected the heart and we've seen the scar, but as the doctor explained at the episode there, he, he didn't want to operate. This was the seventh operation. Okay. He had catastrophic brain damage, um, and he's uttering, let me die, let me die. So it's the aspect here that they had overdone this, that they meddled in a way, and they regret doing this. So you know what? I don't need the resolution tonight. I'm, I got enough, and I'm tantalized to the point that I, I want to see this yarn spin out. Um, I found it highly satisfying and emotionally satisfying at that. I mean, that that operation scene is something that I think is going to stick with me and probably a lot of people, not in some big way. You know, it's not like, you know, you know, it's not like some, uh, I don't know, some watermark, uh, watershed moment in television history. But for viewers of this show, I mean, that was dark to a level that we're not used to. You know, there's this is a show that that more often than not, when it's not doing action, it's trading in some light humor. You know, ha ha, Sky dresses up like May. Uh, you, you know, uh, Ward is slipping into May's bedroom. A lot, of, a lot of May humor, despite the fact that she's not outwardly funny. You know, but to kind of go there, I mean, that was just, you know, that was a shocking moment to be sure. And I'm not saying that it was outside the palette of the show um or of the marvel cinematic universe but it definitely was definitely was a shock and definitely was something that i think when i'm lying in bed tonight i'll be drifting off and all of a sudden think of you know let me die let me die and just kind of pop a little bit more awake for a bit um so back to the mannequins essentially you know with what he went through colson was a mannequin he he was transformed to that state they had to work on his brain. He was just a shell. Yeah. He had nothing going on. No heart, no head, no soul. And that's what, you know, differentiates us from, you know, lifelike looking things that we put clothing on in stores. Um, so I, I think that's the key motif that we've got to take away from this episode and to scratch away the layers here of what that thing that he had become prior to that seventh. Was that even the final operation? I don't know. Um, I, I can only assume it was, but who knows? Uh, you know, that operation, though, changed him from some thing 
that this doctor witnessed that clearly shook a hardened medical professional and that Coulson doesn't yet know what he was and what he now is. Pete, I'm going to throw out not a theory. I'm going to throw out not even an allusion to another work, but perhaps the show is intentionally picking up on a faint echo of another work. We have Coulson. First, we were told that he must have needed a new heart. Then we were told, well, he must have needed essentially a new brain. And now we've seen that Coulson ha- ended up needing more courage. I just wonder if there's a slight echo there of Wizard of Oz. Uh, again, not in any sort but of did cute you see way. What the tease was for next week's episode? I did not, no. Do you want to? There's get... a storm coming. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Maybe, so, not a, maybe not a red storm, maybe one of them tornadoes. You think it'll take them to Osgard? <laughs> maybe. Well done, Pete. Well done. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, while it's great, enough of the Colson stuff, let's talk about the other hot button theory tonight. May and Sky, definitively, Matt, related or no? If that's the route they go there's gonna be a groan night night gun to your head related or no night night gun to my head i say no i'm gonna say yes related well i I almost said a a word that we don't use on the podcast because spoiler pete is usually right and i'm usually saying those naughty words to myself when it's like i can't believe pete did it again uh I just Listen, think it's I was so... on the set of episode, you know, 119 last week, and I may have seen some stuff, but, you know, <laughs> we know this is all kidding. Uh, but I, I just think they 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 showed their hand to the point where they want us to, to be making this connection. You know, before I, I think I was taking a leap and just thinking outside of the box and saying, well, maybe it's out there, you know, because I posited before that Coulson is the father, and I definitely don't think he's the father at this point. But I think May is... is Sky's uh, mother. I just uh, look if that's the route they want to go. Fine, you better darn well explain it so it doesn't come off as a retread from. I don't know. Name a soap opera. They're uh, still uh, on, right? Uh, uh, yeah, Guiding Light, General <laughs> Hospital, whatever. That's not like. But I am your daughter, mom. Zoom in, zoom in, cut to commercial. Like, oh, you don't think May knows? I think May knows, and then that makes the the May Ward uh, Sky Triangle uh, even you know more complicated. See, I can't argue with that. That from a story point of view, it absolutely would be. May's the Black Widow, man. She's she's the deadly mother. I do, I, I, I do not want to commit to that theory because I don't think it's a good story choice. And I think a lot of people on Twitter are going to say, oh, I called that back in November. The show is unchallenging or whatever. Um, but I, is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. I don't know. It could be. I mean, certainly, hey, I feel inspired to dress up like Mother May. Maybe they're screwing with us. I don't know. I don't know. I, know. I, I really don't know. We know they listen. We know they listen. <laughs> Matt, speaking of listening, let's do a little listening here. Let's uh, get at those decrypted transmissions. Absolutely. And Pete, for a while now, we've been mentioning the different ways people can get in touch. And we actually had, like, like the day after our last podcast, I believe it was, roughly, 
um, maybe a couple days after, we got a call on the listener line, which is uh, the first one, uh, I believe, for uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And um, just remind everybody, the number is 732-707-1815. You can leave a message for up to three minutes with our uh, special Google robots. And uh, Pete, are you ready to hear uh, this phone call? Absolutely. Hey, guys, this is uh, Swear on Precious on Twitter. Uh, I am halfway through the episode The Bridge. I had to stop listening to get on the road to go to work. But I wanted to call in about a prediction that I have based on what I saw uh, and what I think they're, they're, they're dropping in our, our laps based on this episode. I think that May will turn out to be Sky's mom. Now, I'm not sure if you guys addressed this in the podcast on The Bridge because I'm only part of the way through your podcast as well. Uh, on that episode, but I, I think based on the fact that she's looking for uh, an Asian uh, or Asian-American uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, I think May is the proper age. Uh, I think the fact that they're trying to get us away from her, you know, uh, Coulson telling her, you know, well, just because, it, you know, uh, there are agents uh, there who fit that bill, that might not have been the woman who dropped you off. Then you got May, basically chastising like a mother or a, a, a sky telling her to basically stop what you're doing and focus on the, the mission. And then after that, there are a few scenes where they basically had the two actresses side by side for what I think was an extended period of time to let us look at them and see that there is, you know, something of a resemblance and that she could be the, the mother. So that's my prediction. I'm throwing out there now. It's not based on empirical fact. It's based on you know the feel and where where I think the uh, the, the show is is trying to, to lead us now. Maybe a red herring, but uh, that's my thought. So thank you for the podcast, Matt. I've been listening to you since uh, looking back at Lost, um, and keep up the good work. Thanks. So Pete, that was certainly was a nice uh, phone call that I've been hanging on to for almost uh, a month since uh, since Steve uh, called in with that, and uh, certainly glad to have our inaugural. Uh, phone caller on the podcast, uh, be a, be a long time listener. Well, my thanks is twofold. One, thanks for uh, being that pioneer, and and two, swear on precious. Uh, thanks for backing up my theory. Yeah, it really was well timed. I'll admit it's been it's been since before the holidays when I when I last uh, listened to that, and uh, to go from you know our discussion about May to uh, being backed up there by uh, by. Uh, by you know a, a phone caller certainly uh, worked out well so with that pete should we move on definitely we have an email from uh, jd who wrote uh, earlier today and he says uh, as as follows or i suppose it could be a, a she jd says hello been listening for a while finally writing in ahead of the mid-season return of agents of shield it's been a long month since the bridge came and went glad the wait is finally over Will the whole Coulson resurrection be explained tonight? I hope so, partly because I'm tired of the mystery and partly because it's time Agent Coulson was finally the main focus of an episode. I don't really care what the explanation is, honestly, but I'm really hoping the writers throw curveballs with the explanation that somehow disproves all the fan theories on his return at the same time. Especially the, I'll replace one of his words here, darn lmd crap that's that uh uh live model decoy stuff uh, that's just silly because that he says all in cap letters why would a robot colson have a chest chest scar from loki's staff right yeah hashtag colson lives 
JD. So uh, I think he got he got the call in early that well we got the curve. I don't think he got everything he wanted there, but he got the curveball. He got many answers, and he got no robot. So that works out. That's like three for three. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good call right there. Moving on, Pete, something that uh, you know, and I guess this is a little bit less of a, well, I guess it is contact to the podcast in a, in a press one button kind of way. Now following Fantastic Geek on Twitter, none other than Mr. Clark Gregg. Well, it was really only a matter of time. <laughs> well, we're certainly, we're certainly glad to have him aboard. Uh, it's, it's extremely exciting. Uh, but moving on to, you know, there's so the that Eves, we, we, we just need Sky. Uh, we need uh, Ward, uh, and we need uh, Fitz and, and Simmons. Those are the only ones uh, we've yet to collect on the well, team. We've had we've had Ming Na since uh, before the show aired. Well, so there you go. I'll just remind you: don't forget that while Ian DeCacaster is on Twitter, he apparently he hasn't tweeted tweet. in like three years. Yes. So um, we'll see. <clears throat> Moving on to some of the other. Uh, some of the other people on Twitter, uh, in response to my question, uh, is Sky acting like Mother May? Uh, Molly Smith said, I'm beginning, uh, oh, sorry, I'm thinking very hard on that theory being the correct one. So, Pete, <laughs> I, I sort of paused to remind our listeners that we put this podcast together very quickly. You know, we started about, uh, by my count, you and I started talking about, you know, like ahead of recording, like 10 minutes after the episode ended. Yes. So the fact that we've had your mention of Mother May and then the call from Swear on Precious and then the tweet here from Molly. I'm getting beat up here because it's not my theory, but that's that's the order this stuff came in. So we're we're <laughs> I just looked ahead to the next one. And Pete, you'll be happy to hear this. Our pal, Uber pal, friend of the podcast. Uh, Glenn Curtis said, "Totally, her daughter. This episode seals it." Yes, you know, one of the burdens about my semi-professional life is being right all the time, and and this is it. Indeed. Uh, moving on to uh, to um, another Uber friend of the podcast, our pal Mike Sorensen. He was the first person I saw on Twitter to make the observation that that. You did a little bit earlier on the podcast, Pete. He said, the clairvoyant just used Stain's toy from Iron Man. Hope everyone caught that. I think it was a modified version. The one we've seen before didn't kill anybody. Um, But yes, you know, it was the same thing he had used on Tony Stark to incapacitate him. Uh, I think it's to be expected that, that Stark tech, you know, maybe we'll get some really bad hammer tech at some point, you know, uh, things that, that don't work or that, uh, break the spines of, uh, the people that use them. Um, but again, these, these are necessary references at this point. If you're going to play in this sandbox and, and that's the name of one of the shield facilities, then, you know, you got to play with the bucket. You got to play with that little shovel that, that, uh, you know, chintzy rake thing they give you, you got to play with all of them. Pete, didn't Obadiah Stane kill Arab terrorists with that thingy? Did he kill him with it, or did he incapacitate him and then he blew him up? I'm not remembering completely. Yeah, I remember something happens inside the tent, then there's the shot outside the tent. Uh, I think that thing was just to incapacitate. You know, and again, yeah. we're talking several years after the fact. Absolutely. So there could be a stronger version that would kill you 
you know, again, it's it's a Deus Ex Machina. It's device that kills guy that we no longer need. But for, for the uninitiated, a Deus Ex Machina. Yes. Yes. Moving on, Pete. We had, and I don't want to. I don't ever want to uh, not listen to the opinions of people who disagree with us. But uh, I, you know, fr- also friend of the podcast, Ryan Jones, that's Ry Ry Jones on Twitter. He definitely was not uh, impressed with this episode. He was, uh, he was saying pretty early on things like um, Colson. This was his kind of prediction as we were heading toward the reveal. Colson isn't a, li- a life model decoy, but an android with a real brain and will become the Vision. I know later on he. Um, he, uh, uh, I mean, he was just not happy with the, the amount of resolution, too little uh, for him in this episode. And uh, I mean, I know we've kind of been supportive, but Pete, if you could talk to talk to Ryan right now, what would you say? I, I just think the point of a scar on an android is is beyond superfluous. Um, I get the feeling that he might have been an android or this life model decoy that, that's been floated and that is something that exists in the Marvel Universe. Um, but but Coulson is something, at, at least in this iteration, that we've never seen before. And that requires the storytelling here. Um, and to see the operation, the procedure going on there with the brain and the body and let me die, you know, no android is going to ask you to let it die. Um, so I, I think we've officially put the artificial to, to rest, to put it aside when it comes to the explanation of what Coulson is at this point. Well, before we knew exactly what had happened to Coulson, which is to say 34 minutes into the episode, uh, James Hafel had said on Twitter, uh, in response to, to Ryan Jones's comment, uh, he wondered if, uh, he wondered if, um, well, here's what he said. He said, or the vision and Colson is wonder man vision and clairvoyance have similar meanings. See, so kind is of some sort wonder of woman. Uh, I think wonder man is a Marvel character. Seriously. I don't know. Yeah. I'll look it up right now, <laughs> but uh, uh, what I like there from, uh, from James is this idea possibly i like i mean and he's floating it as possible but i like this this idea that the vision and clairvoyance and not that i expect we're going to have you know a yellow and green robot appear on the show um but the idea that possibly you know that could be the marvel cinematic universe version of vision is somehow clairvoyance uh is the, the clairvoyant rather um something like that possibly is the Scarlet Witch the clairvoyant? <laughs> By the way, Wonder Man is a fictional character, a superhero, originally a supervillain. Uh, let's see who's in the Marvel comics. He first appeared in Avengers in 1964. Um, I would count myself lucky. Who made him? Stanley, Jack Kirby, and Don Heck. Uh, I would be thankful that DC didn't sue the pants off me because that sounds a lot like Wonder Woman. It does indeed, and and that's why I corrected you when we say Wonder Man. I mean, yeah. it's Wonder Woman, and it's that inferior, at least right now, comic uh, house over there that we're talking about. Uh, and actually, here's a quote uh, from Stan Lee in 1978. 
You know, years ago, we brought out Wonder Man, and DC Comics sued us because they had Wonder Woman. And I said, okay, I'll discontinue Wonder Man. And all of a sudden, they've got Power Girl after Marvel introduced Power Man. Oh boy, how unfair. So I guess DC did sue them. These are highly, like, unoriginal and uninspiring names for superheroes, by the way. You know, the first time you do it, okay, Wonder Woman, you've planted the flag. But power, power, insert gender, I, I don't know. Just just feels played. Well, Pete, I think now is actually a good time to announce to everybody our brand new uh, TV series that we're pitching entitled Spider-Boy, The Incredible Spider-Boy, which is completely original. And it involves uh, a, a boy who has the powers of a spider and uh, goes actually, around his life. Actually, it, it's arachnoid kid. <laughs> there were there were some legal machinations uh, this afternoon and... and that facilitated a change in the writer's room. So henceforth, uh, the series is the amazing or uh, the aspiring arachnoid kid. And uh, he, of course, works on his uh, middle school uh, web blog entitled The Daily Trumpet. And uh, under the the, the guide of uh, the the teacher, uh, I can't think of a Jonah Jameson joke off the top of my head, but uh, yeah. Well, speaking of jokes, I think we've we've taken this one to conclusion. Uh, but you know who was able to give me a word or a phrase I was searching for, Pete, when I had wondered if perhaps the clairvoyant was uh, was um, as I said the 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 uh, Tim uh, what's his name the, uh, the the bad guy not the bad guy the scientist in Hulk Tim Blake Nelson is the actor yeah, who played so it. Uh, yes, and indeed our our pal from the Helicarrier podcast, had said the leader slash Samuel Stearns. So, uh, yeah, that, that in fact was uh, who I was thinking of. I think that that's not outside the realm of possibility. And I think Tim Blake Nelson is a, and no offense to him, but he's on a, I don't want to say a low enough rung, but look, they could, could they get Tim Blake Nelson to come in and do an episode or two? Yes. Could they get... Chris Hemsworth to come in and do a five episode arc. No, um, I, I wouldn't put it past. Hey, Tim Blake Nelson with a big giant head playing the leader for an episode. Um, I'm just worried, Matt, that six years. Okay. Seven. If you take production schedules really into account, it's just too far back of a reach to try and reignite it. It's not a hit. Like Iron Man is a hit. And we can take a device that was used in it and incorporate into in tonight's episode. You know what I'm saying? Like, while that would send people, you know, oh, all right, I got to go check out the Hulk. Or, wow, what was done tonight was, do, was done in the Hulk. Did you know that? I just think it's too far a passage of time to bridge. I really do. So you're saying that this whole Marvel effort has to live by the Don Draper rule. That it lives its life in only one direction. Forward. I don't understand the question and I will not respond to it. <laughs> uh, oh, Pete. You're such a Pete from Mad Men. But moving on. Um, uh, Ryan Jones had wondered on Twitter if, uh, if perhaps the clairvoyant would be um, the Mandarin. And that got a response from GeekCast Rye. Uh, who said it would also be decent timing if the whole short Thor one-shot 
All Hail to the King is indeed about the real Mandarin. You know, maybe there could be some synergy there with Thor and DVD and the the one shot and uh, and the TV show, which I kind of I like. The, I'm I'm not saying yes. I hope they do that, but I like that idea. That's a that's a gutsy move. I think to do the Mandarin twice in the first one to be a fake out would be too much. I know the Mandarin is a beloved villain, but I thought they really turned that effectively on its ear in Iron Man three. So I see no reason at this point to revisit it. I agree. I mean, I know there's the whole rumor that they're going to reveal the real Mandarin on DVD and whatnot. To me, it was so effective that it was the, the guy Pierce character, you know, when he's like all lit up, he makes reference to like, you know, Oh, I was the Mandarin all along, or I was behind the Mandarin. He says, what does he say? I am the Mandarin. There you go. That works for me. That so works for me. The Mandarin. He, he said it. In part because it reaches the same conclusion as Star Trek in the Darkness, which is we planted the seeds of the people who are doing this stuff to us. Anyhow, um, what was that Tom Hanks movie where he plays the congressman that like sends money to Afghanistan and to fight the Russians and then they pull out at the end? Charlie Wilson's War, I think it was something like yes, that. Yes, Charlie Wilson's War, yep, yep. Which at the end is just like, and the stuff that happens in the early 21st century is because we didn't stick around to do right by them. You know? Because yes, because we didn't build schools. Indeed. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot of truth to that. And that's also, I think that's the fantastical or the, or the fictional conclusion that Iron Man three reaches not to rehash that podcast, but they're saying the same thing, which is the Mandarin who's from over there. Isn't the real threat. It's the guy here that, we weren't, you know, it's it's our own irresponsibility. But Stark says it in the opening narration. I created demons. Yeah. Well, speaking of demons, Pete, we had a tweet from Sarchons on Twitter. Well, of course, how else would this person be tweeting if not through Twitter? Uh, not keen on the reveal. Uh, nobody can believe how lame that Coulson secret was. They revived him and changed his memories. Harsh words, Pete. Harsh words. Yeah, I, I think it's a little harsh. I, I don't think we can we can judge this solely on what they've given us to this point. Like I said, uh, I'm down with it only because I know we're going to get more. And I, I think the viewer understands. And I, I think this viewer in particular understands we're going to get more. It can't happen all at once. And why would you spill something like this all at, at once? Because then the show loses a key mystery. We're going to be, you know, captivated for the rest of the season about the sky mystery. No, that's secondary. And that they could service both in an episode like tonight, yet not answer either, but give us a little bit more. That's effective storytelling. They keep you coming back. Well, Pete, moving on to our uh, our penultimate tweet here, uh, a real nice bit of humor that uh, DC Comics fans will chuckle at. Uh, our pal Mike Sorensen says, uh, and Mike Peterson becomes cyborg. No, wait, that can't be right. <laughs> and for no. those not in the know, uh, cyborg in the DC Comics universe is half African American man, half cyborg. Just like now, Mike Peterson is African American and in need of some, uh, you know, need of a second leg, and, and uh, also has the, the the eye, the robot eye, exactly. You robot know, robot eye. Yeah, um, you know, I I get it, and you know. That's where, too, you know, we're we're always telling the same story. We just change the details. The fact that he doesn't have a robot leg yet, 
Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll borrow, uh, you know, Detective Kennix's leg from uh, Almost Human and, you know, he'll, he'll be all set there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the last tweet, Pete, comes from uh, the, I believe, the last person, as I recall, to win Agent of the Week, which we'll be circling to in a moment. This comes from Amanda Joyce, who says, I think, in my opinion and in your opinion, I dare say, she sums up the episode nicely. This felt like a complete reset for the second half. Everything that the audience has whined about was addressed in this one. Uh, for my money, yeah, we got some Colson answer. Uh, we got some, uh, you know, oh, there's not enough. It's not enough like the movies. You know, we had Centipede. Right. We had uh, a, a quick shot of uh, of uh, Fury. Uh, we had a better, a substantially better uh, Sky. And uh, we had some great humor from Fitzsimmons. Uh, we had May and Ward kicking butt like they always do. Uh, we had some kind of spy tech there. To me, the episode worked. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with reset um, because you're you're picking up, um, and and we have more to go here. How about just you know uh, getting back into it? How about continuation? I'm fine with that, you know. And as we jump into the second half of the season proper here, this is the forward trajectory that we need. We have Coulson back. We have unexplained mysteries that we have some more answers to, but other questions have popped up. So let, let's go get them. Let, let's see this this storm that's gathering here and see what it's all about. I don't have a problem with saying reset in that, you know, reset suggests going back to the first position. And not that we've gone back to the way things were in the pilot, but just kind of like, here's the team. The team is back together. They didn't. They didn't make any substantial changes to to the structure of the show as we know it. I mean, we know at some point this winter they'll be adding to either recurring or recurring for the rest of the season or full-time characters, however, however it's going to be termed or used. So the dynamic will be changed. And I had wondered if with all the people on the bus they're going to say, oh, and what was his name? Oh, Cobb and, you know, Smith will stay and help out. And, you know, that, that'll be the planting of the seed. But no, they didn't do that. Um I'm okay with, with with reset at any rate, uh, but Pete, changing up the order of how we uh, how we do Agent of the Week this week, we have already heard from our winner of Agent of the Week a little little drama here for the new year. Pete, are you ready to hear who Agent of the Week is? I have a feeling I already know who it is. Well, Pete, that of course in, in a in a narrow race, that of course uh, will go to uh, our pal Steve swear on precious who took the time to call us who who actually had to stop the podcast so that he could get going to work definitely we want safe uh you know safe uh safe driving there no distracted drivers so uh i'll i'll reach out to him uh this evening or in the morning to say congratulations and uh we'll be uh we'll be sending out that that agents of shield button to him and uh as the race begins anew to see who the next agent of the week will be but for this week it is Swear on Precious on Twitter. Your thoughts, Pete? Well earned indeed. Well, that, Pete, I'll just remind everybody, you too can contact the podcast. Uh, I guess we should start, though, Pete. You are you are the Colson of this podcast. How can people wow. get in touch with you? Wow. Well, uh, 1,840 people 
can't be wrong. You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. And I, I am Looking Back Lost on Twitter. If you'd like to say hello to the podcast, we are Fantastic Geek. That is, of course, fantastic with a PH. You can leave a comment at fantasticgeek.com where you'll see a whole bunch of our uh, various goings on there. Uh, if you you can either leave a comment on uh, on the uh, Agents of Shield uh, episodes that appear right on fantasticgeek.com, or you can click on Agents of Shield for the Agents of Shield only section. Uh, you can call the listener line, just like swear on precious seven three two seven zero seven one eight one five. You can send an email to fantasticgeek at gmail.com. And uh, with that, Pete, I think I've covered all the ways people can uh, be in touch. And I will say adios to one and all until next week. We have a whole whole decent stretch ahead of us of, uh, of episodes, which certainly is nice to hear. So uh, with that, Pete, I'm all done. And let's hear your final word. Disengage bracelet. Disengage bracelet.